Hello and... Oh, well, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say... <laughs> sorry. Son of a bitch. Good start. This is what happens when we're all on the show at the same time. <laughs> this is why it doesn't happen. Welcome to the first of our usual two-part annual Game of the Year spectacular. We need to come up with a better name for this. Um, it's a full house today for the first time in bloody ages. I'm your host, Mark Hamer. Joining me tonight, we've got Nick, we've got Chazzy, we've got Andy, and we've got Adam in from the wilderness. Hello. 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 How is everybody? Cold. Yeah. <laughs> Very cold. If for anyone who hasn't heard one of our Game of the Year shows before... How we always do it, we're going to have two episodes. We're this In this episode, we're going to count down uh, uh, five through three of our top fives. And then next episode, we will do our honorable mentions, our most disappointing the games of the year, and then do our top twos. And we'll publish our full lists of our top tens uh, over on lapsgamer.com. Um, because we're a podcast of lapsed gamers that can't always keep up to date with all the hottest newest games uh, like a lot of other podcasts can uh game of the year is not what is the what are the best games that came out this year but what are the best games that we played this year so that can be something that's new or it can be something that's five ten years old or probably in Andy's case, older than that. Um, <laughs> in Andy's case, anything to do with um, Warhammer. Yeah. yeah. You're back. Yes. Warhammer. But you probably could get a good a list of uh, 10 solid Warhammer games from any year. They put them out so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be an this is yeah it's going to be an unusual one because it's been an unusual year. 2020 has been a, a nightmare um, for uh say nine out of the 12 months um everyone's locked inside everyone's isolated um uh, it's not been a particularly fun year um but it has been quite a solid year for us as a team playing new video games and i gotta say as a team um engaging with each other over video games a lot more and and being and I've, I've I'm I'm not going to get I don't want me to get all soppy at the beginning of the episode. There you go. <laughs> oh, being able to we need a violin. <laughs> Granddad's had a drink. <laughs> I've had a cup of tea. <laughs> um, no, it's it's been a genuine pleasure when I've been stuck at home or you know going to work in an office when nobody's there to be able to you know chat with you guys on a, a weekly basis if not more than that um we've had some great times playing some multiplayer games together i genuinely enjoyed uh our, our brief time with with mixer rrp our beautiful boy yeah. um f poor one, one out for mixer just, just like black <laughs> um, and white make a picture of mixer and some classical music <laughs> yeah <underneath laughs> mixer was too beautiful to live that's it um but yeah, I think a lot of people COVID. have found comfort in video games this year as a way to escape the sort of 
the joyless isolation of being quarantined. So, um, yeah, let's let's get into a bit of a celebration of video games. Um, as we usually do, if there's any games on our lists close to each other that multiples more than one of us have got on their list, then what we'll do is we'll we'll save it and then we'll all talk together. Um, all the people who've got those games on their list. Um, I know it hasn't happened as much no. this year as it has in previous years. But, starting from the bottoms, number five. Uh, let's go alphabetically. Adam, Ooh. what is your number five game that you played in 2020? It was, and it was one you talked about that we streamed together, uh, Captain Tsubasa. Yes. Um, couldn't have a year go by without a football game. And in a year where my list is a bit different, and I tend to be the guy that has less new releases, or more new releases, sorry, than most, this is like one of the few new releases in my top 10. Um, just a different football game. It's not FIFA, it's not Pro Evo, it's not Football Manager, it's not a shitty mobile game. It it's was, not like any football game I've seen. Yeah, it's like anime, manga, football, and almost kind of like... The easiest way to compare it is think of like how Final Fantasy combats become, like a hybrid of like real-time slash turn-based and it's actually more like that mm, like it's a there's a priority yeah there's like a move priority to like whether somebody's approaching you to slide tackle and the type of dodge you do and things like that and the types of shot you have being affected by different like variables on the um defenses team just really cool super fun story mode which i beat on stream um and then there's like a choose your own adventure kind of mode where you pick make your own character um, but really cool game. So definitely recommend if people are into football even slightly or if you're into anime and you're looking for something different, really cool. Um, yeah, and it was going cheap as well in a lot of Black Friday sales, so people might have had a chance to pick it up cheap on Switch, PS4 and PC. Yeah, yeah this is one I, I wish uh, I'd picked up, uh, and I still might at some point. Uh, I've seen it pop up in sales a few times, and I've I've hovered over it, and Zoe's just looked at me and said, "No, <laughs> um, <laughs> she doesn't understand. She should do because, like, a fifty percent of it, she should be interested in because she loves anime. But um, yeah, it's it's unlike any football game. I mean, I, I don't have the extensive knowledge of football games that you do, Adam. Um, yeah. Seeming as you are ranking all of them ever made, yeah. um, <laughs> which is quite a monumental task. Um, just out of curiosity, roughly whereabouts would you reckon Captain Subasa ranks? Ooh, on the on the football games of all time, like where we're up to now, which is only mm-hmm. twenty six games. <laughs> it's, oh my it's somewhere no, near the top. Up. It's funny you say that. I was thinking of like new Instagram content. I'm going to start photographing all the game boxes I have of stuff, and then I'm looking at them. I'm like. I haven't even played 10% of the ones I have physical copies of. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is insane. Oops. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah t- um, it's top 10 for sure out of what we've uh, played so far. For, it's really good. Like, if you think a lot, of, um, a lot of FIFA's, like, it's FIFA's got to this point of diminishing returns right now. It does each mm-hmm. generation, right? Um, so, it's better than I mean, like, they the don't last, even like, bother. They don't even bother updating the systems on the Switch version. They just swap out the roster. Yeah. 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 I have played a bit um, of 21. It's it, They've changed the menus, at least, for the first time in, like, four years. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, 40 yeah. pounds. Nice. Yeah. 
Gosh, yeah, Captain Subasa has just looked. I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed watching you stream that. Yeah, it, yeah. it was bonkers. Wild. Like the football was crazy. The storyline was nuts. The characters were insane. There was like that one character who had like a who had like one tooth. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. Yeah, um, really, yeah, really memorable characters, and it's just just some anime goodness. And yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 it, it made me like look into Captain Subasa as a whole a little bit more because like it's quite a popular manga that's been going yeah. since like the 80s or something yeah, yeah. and in another um, podcast where i rank things <laughs> match day matinee <laughs> we did rank yeah. uh there's a captain there's a movie called captain tsubasa european daikasan where they play in like a european championship pretty good it's on mm. youtube if you can watch the whole thing it's like 45 minutes it's a good introduction nice. to the manga series nice so, yeah worth a look hmm. curious um andy Hello. What is your number five game that you played in 2020? Well, well technically it's three games, but it's called Zombie Army Trilogy. Um, basic premise of this, kill Hitler, who's a Nazi. Um, <laughs> simple, <laughs> Black Left 4 Dead, um, played it co-op. The classics never get old, do they? No. It's quite simple. <laughs> you know, just your soldiers... You go into Nazi Germany and you just have to kill, shoot zombies, and eventually you'll get to Hitler on the third game. Um, started off at DS DLC for Sniper Elite. Um, yeah, co op, I think. Elite. Yeah, it plays up to four. Um, but I played it co op with my brother. And it's just one of those games where you can just switch off and old style shoot. First two games, very basic. Um, you could tell they were originally DLC. So they're essentially levels are very bland. The enemies are quite samey. Um, but in the third game, the levels are a bit more in, um, entertaining. It was probably a full game, I think, the third one. Um, this is on the PS4. Yeah, it came out on the PS4. Yeah. I mean, it was PS3 originally mm. as well. Um, so the levels are a bit more lively you can um, create avenues of attack the zombies are a bit more brighter the enemies are a bit more varied um but it's just one of those that grabs you you know fling it on for an hour you get through the levels along um you just have a lot of fun shooting nazi zombies and why not um they seemed in vogue at the time and i think there's a fourth game as well on the ps4 yeah this is um this is like Rebellion sort of forte. Yeah. I didn't really get on... I haven't played any of the zombie army games, and I, I didn't get on with what very little I did play of um, Strange Brigade when that was on oh, Game Pass. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I think that probably would have been a lot better if I'd been playing with people I could communicate with rather than just matchmaking with randoms. Yeah. Um, but Rebellion are very good at doing a sort of game that's like... At least, well, so I'll, I can only really speak to the ones that I played, which is like three of the Sniper Elite mm. games, and um, they're very basic, especially the old ones. There's not a huge amount going on. They're just, you know, a level with like you have to either blow up something or kill someone. Yeah, and they just got this one hook, which is the the um, the, the sniping mechanic sniper. and watching your bullet fly in slow motion and then like X-ray view as it penetrates a, a Nazi soldier and. Yeah, you know, decimates their internal organs and stuff like that, and it's just like a really dumb, simple thing, but it's done really well. It works. It's a hook that works, and I've played. I've sunk quite a lot of hours into that series and really, really enjoyed it for for all of their, you know, quirks. 
Rebellion games are not what you would call AAA. No, I mean it's the same with this zombie. I mean, you can you, you have a slow mo. It's quite it's a lot of fun when you fight, kill two or three zombies at once with one bullet. It goes throughout the heads. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, it's it's one of those where you just like you don't have to think about it. You do get overwhelmed yep. at times. It can get a bit tough, but you know if you want to bash it, um, it costs, I think it goes on sale for about three pounds for about over twelve yeah, re- hours. Rebellion games. Are- always on sale for like dirt cheap yeah for about 12 hours entertainment it's worth it okay mm-hmm. my number five nice um right let me consult the list here so <laughs> chazzy your number five is yeah. also mine and nick's number threes so let's so let's, let's probably hold we'll, we'll hold off on that for now yep um, and we'll go. Uh, oh, it's me next alphabetically, isn't it? God damn it! I don't even know my alphabet. Right. <laughs> um, the number five game that I played in 2020 is a little game called Space Crew um, from a two or three man studio down in the south of England called Runner Duck, um, published by. Uh, Oh god, I can't remember who published it. That's bad. Oh well, um, I'll edit that in. Curve, Curve Digital. Yes, it is. Nicely, nicely reminded. Um, so a few years ago, um, if you listened to the show or talked to me on Twitter, or if you walked past me in the street and I grabbed you and shouted it at you, I could not stop preaching about a game called Bomber Crew, which was felt to me like mm-hmm. the natural progression of um, something like FTL. Um, but it's a little, but a little bit more uh, real time based, rather than you know, kind of time, kind of turn based. Um, you it's control less bleak like as crew. well, right? I guess it, yes, that's yes, the other it is. thing, yeah, like yeah, cartoony yeah. slightly. Not that it's not, it doesn't get difficult, but yeah, it's certainly um, cartoony and light hearted. Very cartoony, very lighthearted. Yeah, you you basically controlled the crew of a Lancaster bomber, uh, and you would like uh, select the crew members and give them instructions. Like tell the pilot to fly over there at this altitude, retract the landing gear, whatever. Tell the gunners to target these enemies. Tell the um, the radio operator to call in um, Spitfire support, so on and so forth. Uh, and you did all these missions, and I I bloody loved it. I played a horrendous amount on it uh, of time on it, and then bought it again on another platform and played a horrendous amount of it on that platform as well then bought the DLC and played it all the way through on both platforms because I'm broken Um, and then early this year I saw a trailer for the sequel called Space Crew and I was like this seems absolutely right up my alley if they can take the basic gameplay of Space Crew and transport it into you know like a Star Trek style sci-fi future I am on board. Uh, and then it came out and I played it and it was so much more than that. It wasn't just taking the bomb and crew mechanics and putting it in a new setting. It's they. It's everything that you hope a, tr- a sequel to a game will be, where it like retains the core of what the first one was that you loved, but then improves and iterates on every single system uh, in every way. Um and yeah, it's it's just an incredible game. Um it's probably the 
I don't want to say it's the best Star Trek game because Star Trek wasn't really about flying around shooting aliens, but mm. like it's mm. it portray its portrayal of like a futuristic sci-fi society is very Star Trek, but then the rest of it is just like pure, almost sixties pulpy sci-fi nonsense. You the aliens you you shoot are they look like gray men, but they're green. Um, it's yeah, I mean. I've talked about it at length on a previous podcast, so I don't want to go on about it too long. But if you've ever played Bomber Crew and thought this is pretty neat uh, and you like sci-fi, um, then I'd absolutely recommend checking it out. Um, the only criticism I've got is that I just wish there was more of it. There's not; It's not a short game. I just wanted more and more. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping they bring out some DLC for it because uh, I bloody love it. Um, yeah. Space Crew, my number five game of 2020. Nice. Um, Nick. Hello. As the last, alphabetically. What was your number five game that you played in 2020? So my number five game that I played in 2020, because 2020 seems too long to say. um, You're probably right. Yeah. Was uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um... Now, I never thought I would really be into an Assassin's Creed game again, to be honest. Um, I have a strange history with Assassin's Creed games. It was always... I never played them back in the day, sort of one, two, three. Um, I was interested in four when the... You, you never played two? I never played... No, no, I've never played You're any of them, out. really. Classic. Well, I say any of them. It, it, this is going to shock... This is going to be an awful story, to be honest. <laughs> I was interested in 4 when the new play- PlayStation came out uh, all those years ago. But I never picked it up. And then finally, finally, I got around to picking one up. Uh, and it was Assassin's Creed Unity. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you know what? I I had a strange relationship with that sticks. game. Because I think <sighs> I, I played it after it had been quite heavily patched. Um, and for me, it wasn't a terrible experience. The The story was complete garbage, but the yeah. actual traversal of sort of the, you know, revolutionary France. It settled France. into a groove by the time it got to Unity, um, yeah. mechanically. But like, the, like exactly, you say, yeah. the story's the bit that drives you through and it's it, it was hideous. Yeah, it was uh, but actually traversing like revolutionary France and the streets, although it chugged a bit on the day one ps4 even though mm. it'd been patched to hell and back um it was still enough to sort of interest me uh and i i never finished the actual game but i i must have sunk about 10 15 hours into it i would have thought and then i never really thought i'd give assassin's creed another chance um syndicate sort of came and went and uh then they they took a few years out and Along comes Origins, which uh, was set in ancient Egypt, uh, which is mm. historically uh, a period that I've been like very interested in since I was a kid. Likewise. Um, so, yeah, it, it intrigued me when they revealed it, uh, but I held off um, just because I had a lot of other games to be playing at the time, uh, and I couldn't... Because the way that Ubisoft games have become, they are just massive time sinks these days. Um, so I just sort of never bought it and then it was cheap in a playstation sale and we were in lockdown and i had a lot of time spare really 
So I thought, you know what, I'm I'm going to download that and have a have a cheeky go on it. I've heard decent things about it, and it ended up being, well, obviously one of my uh, top five games that I played this year. Um, they, the way that they have reinvented that series uh, is just a really special thing. I think uh, they've clearly taken a lot of inspiration from The Witcher Three. Um, just everything yeah, definitely was completely overhauled. Um, the traversal system, uh, the, the the open world, the quests that you find, cats that come and follow you around and sit down with you. Um, it's just got everything, really. Um, and I really thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Uh, and it wasn't actually an overstayed welcome. I was quite surprised when I did finish it. They, I wasn't expecting the end to come about when it did. I thought it'd go on for another 10, 20 hours just because it's an Ubisoft game. And there was only one sort of area where I felt I had to do a bit of grinding to get leveled up, and it wasn't a massive grind either. Um, So yeah, it was just... It's a really fun game. It's not a massive time sink. I hear Odyssey is a lot different. I hear Odyssey, they went a completely different direction with the whole time sink and grinding, but... Yeah, there is. I finished Odyssey this year, and there is more grinding on that. Like I got frustrated at one point that I couldn't carry on with the story like at all because I was just doing like no damage to enemies. But hey, yeah. you could have paid a little bit of money and like <laughs> boosted know. your level. <laughs> never, yeah. never pay, never pay, guys. Uh, uh-uh. no. Um, there was even a, a really strange sort of Easter egg DLC for Final Fantasy 15 in it, and. That really? was a strange but quite cool moment yeah. because so you can ride a chocobo, right? Can you? I think so. I got the no. The, there was the sword. You get the sword from Final Pretty Fantasy. Are you sure you can ride a chocobo in one of them? Wow. Well, <laughs> that's news to me. I'm going to have to go back and find that. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it was. It's it's a really good game. Uh, highly recommend it, uh, especially hmm. if it's well, I. I actually booted up Steam the other day, and at the front of the store library was sort. It was sort of trying to sell me Assassin's Creed Origins for fifty pounds, I think. And I was, Oof. don't pay that for it. Pay about fifteen pounds no. on a PlayStation yeah. sale at Christmas. Yeah, it's um, and be very happy uh, with a great experience. Um, so mm. yeah, that's nice. Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, um, out of the two that um, came, I'm not counting Valhalla because I haven't played it, but. Uh, Origins is definitely the better of the two games. Uh, there's like some gameplay advancements in Odyssey and you get your own ship and because Greece is lots of islands, there's a lot of like naval combat stuff, which I love. Mm. Um, but Odyssey is absolutely like a tighter, more focused experience, um, whereas Odyssey is quite flabby. Um, and there is the problem if you're just mainlining the story in that you will end up being under-leveled for missions and you have to go off and do side missions, of which there are a million and one. Like, too many yeah, side too missions many. and things to do. Way too And they're too good many. as well. And that's part of the problem, <laughs> that some of them are pretty well written, so you feel yeah. like you need to do them. Yeah, but um, Origins is just much much more of a tighter experience, I think. Uh, and a thoroughly likable protagonist. I really like Bayek. Yes. Mm. And, his, and his crazy wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a shame you only get to play as her for the naval combat bits because, uh, uh, yeah, she's a good character as well. Um, but um, 
I mean, a lot of I, I would imagine it should be too hard to animate, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they fixed it like a year later. You get to play as either or. Yeah. Either of the uh, the, the siblings in um, Odyssey. But yeah. Uh, and again in Valhalla. And again in Valhalla, yeah. And if you can only play one um, of those Assassin's Creed games, Odyssey or Origins, definitely I suggest, I definitely recommend Origins over Odyssey if you can only play one of them. Unless you're really, really into ancient Greece. In which case, you should probably just play Hades. In which case, you should probably play Hades, yeah. 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 Uh, It was was an incredible return to form for that series that had gotten very, very stale. Uh, So, Mm. kudos to Ubisoft. Despite their... Some of the less um, nice things about that corporation and their business models and the way they treat their staff and so on yeah. and so forth. Um, at least they, you know, take they um, they Look do things to fix their IPs when they're stagnating. Yeah. Uh, mostly, <laughs> except for Far Cry. Um, <laughs> right, should we move on to our number fours then? Um, okay, Adam. Uh, what was the number four <gasps> game that you played in this, the Hebrew year of 5780? It was uh, Alan Wake. Yes. So <laughs> I played Alan Wake as a result of playing Control, uh, loving Control, uh, and then learning that Control kind of tied into some stuff from Alan Wake, and then the Alan controlled. Wake DLCs coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is one I played on stream, really enjoyed playing on stream. Um, I know there's people on this team that don't necessarily agree with it. I really liked it. I thought the mystery was cool. Um, ultimately, you don't come out feeling entirely satisfied, which is why I can get why people are baying for Alan Wake 2. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't played the Control DLC yet, so I'm probably going to save that for next year and see when that like Ultimate Edition comes out, uh, when it gets the Series X upgrades. And kind of play that from there, but really good game. I read and there's one I put down, and I can't quite remember why, but really suited to be playing like nice chunks because it's got like an episode like structure. Really like all that stuff. I like all the fourth wall breaking. Yeah, it plays well on the stream just, as well. Just my kind of like jam. Streaming it. Um, yeah, I think it's like, one of the first games that sort of did the chapter break with the uh, like different music at the end of each chapter. Yeah, like full I want to say alone. I want to say alone in the dark did it as well, or something like that. Was uh, that might be in your spell then? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Hideo maybe. Kojima ripped off for Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam, yeah. Did you play the DLC for Alan Wake yet? No, I still haven't got around to them. Um, I installed them. Oh. The Signal and the Writer, or something, is it? Yeah, that's Pretty right. There's two extra chapters, but it'll give you a bit more of a satisfied feeling. Oh, okay. No, not yet, but I'll get to them for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number four. <laughs> wow, that was that was quite that was, restrained. Yeah. Yes, from uh, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I sat back in my chair expecting Nick to jump in and be like, "Okay, we're celebrating." I mean, games it's today, only number four, forget. Adam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I thought you'd take any excuse to. Wax lyrical, you know. Have a good. I mean, it is. It is like you know, game of the dec that decade, probably. You know, no. it's just such a great game. Uh, no, no, oh, no. Fine. Well, <laughs> well, you're in a party of one. 
I still haven't played it. Um, I'd say go back and play. Like it's, I think it's aged pretty. It's aged completely fine. There's nothing. Yeah, it's. I would. Really I would like to. You know, it's I, I enjoyed what edges. I saw of you playing it, but I still quite like the idea of doing like a Judge John Hodgman style <laughs> episode where Nick and Chazzy argue for and against Alan Wake. <laughs> to me, someone who hasn't played it. That's it. <laughs> Well, what you should do is actually you should start playing. You play each episode, and at the end of the episode, I have to tell you why oh, it's bullshit, right. and then it's <laughs> great. <laughs> and Nick has to argue for why it's good. Yeah, um, I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Regarding Alan right. Wake, we'll call it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my cousin An- uh, Alan. That's um, it, Andy. Uh, what was the number four game that you played in 2020? Right, this one. Uh, this is one that I streamed. Uh, played on the Xbox. Uh, Westerada. And this was the nice. first game you streamed, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it might have been. Yeah, it was. I I cannot believe and this is on your list after how much you like labored through the end of it and seemed to hate I it by the either. end. I'm so surprised. <laughs> you hate because you got that right game. to the end of the game pretty much, and then we're just stuck for like what felt like weeks. And the I'm worst sure part it was, as well. Yeah. I know. The worst part is like the first two thirds of that game seemed amazing, mm. and then you got to yeah. the third bit, and I was like, I'm never playing this game. Yeah, and I finished <laughs> it and felt the same way, and knew it was coming, and couldn't say anything because I was like, uh, find it for himself. <laughs> <laughs> this and Doom sixty four when the yeah. end of the whole <laughs> boss, that last you boss on Doom sixty four, man. Honestly, I was just willing you on every stream <laughs> just to kill that thing. Unbelievable. Uh, two games streamed as well that I just got to the point where I just got stuck and just kept over and over again. I think I finished both off stream. I just couldn't put myself yeah. through it anymore. And you played Terminator Salvation this year as well, out of choice. Resistance. Yeah. Resistance. Resistance. Terminator Resistance, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a madman. Maybe need salvation. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Do tell us so, why you enjoyed Westerado so much. All right, so it's number four. Well, I haven't played many games, so it's like a bit of a tough thing to drop out and what was disappointing, what was honourable mentions and stuff. And I've got some on the go at the moment, which I don't feel... Um, it's because of Doom 64 and Westerado, but I feel I have to complete a game before I can actually put it on the list now because... If it does, if it, if it does something like what those two games have done, it it just drops it down. Westerada, all right. Westerada, sixteen bit Red Dead Redemption, and like Adam's pointed out, for two thirds of the game, it is amazing. It is just exploring the world, finding out why um, or who killed um, your family and your brother in particular, and it changes all the time. You know, the culprit changes and you go around finding clues. Um, everyone's really interesting to talk to. It's quite funny. The music is excellent. And it's just brilliant. It just brings back, you know, things back to what the 16-bit area was. And then it just slaps you in the face about 20 times and dunks you into some water and then picks you up again and just keeps dunking you down because it gets to that end of level boss when you discover who's done it. And then you go up, start it off, and it's shite. Absolute 
Shite. One checkpoint. <laughs> You're really all... selling this as your number four game of the year. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't yeah, want but... to see his six to ten. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> if this is shite. <laughs> no, but everything else, that's just why it's number five. Would it, up to two thirds of it was going to be number one. It, it, it is oh, wow. that good. It is, it is cool. When you're made. doing all the investigating stuff, it's really yeah. cool. It is amazing. Like I love the Wild West. And yeah, you, you get little clues, you know, he's wearing like blue trousers or he's wearing a brown waistcoat, he's wearing a big hat. And you go around and you're picking guys up and you're saying, it's you. And they're going, no, it's not. And you get more clues. And, if, and there's little things that you can do, like I killed a rancher. So I couldn't complete a certain mission. Um, and it just, it, it is amazing what they've done in this world. And But then it's the last bit. So why well, it's number four is because two thirds of it is amazing. And that I would recommend to anyone. Just don't, don't do, yeah, don't do the last bit. All it needed was one <laughs> checkpoint, one checkpoint, one checkpoint, and it would have been number one. Because that nice. end of level scene, the way it goes, is so long, and you have to redo it over and over again, and it, oh, it's so painful. That yeah, it dropped down to number four. But I can't take okay. away my feelings of the first two thirds. Loved it. I'm not going to argue with your reasoning, um, but sure. I mean, uh, the game looked great. Uh, yeah. Mm. Really, really enjoyed the soundtrack as well. Oh, um, yeah. I think the endings probably put me. Uh, the, the, the tribulations you had with the ending with has had. Um, just kind of put me off playing it myself. Um, but I enjoyed watching you stream it for sure. Mm. I think if you play it, yeah. play the first the world itself. And if I was to replay it, I'd play the world, and I wouldn't do the last bit because two thirds of the game's amazing. And it's brilliant, and but the last third, just don't yeah. yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right then, um, Jazzy, Hello. what's your number four game that you played in twenty twenty? This is also a game um, I have been streaming for what seems like forever. Um, <laughs> Gears Tactics. Oh yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> Team Tyrone and their adventures through. Grubland. Uh, I adore this game. Um, there is so much to love about it. It's a turn-based tactics game, uh, very XCOM-y, has a wonderful um, sort of uh, way that it deals with characters through its story. It's very story-based. Uh, there's lots of interesting intrigue and back and forth to do with that. But also that is married to a quite excellent um, set of mechanics under the hood. Um, there's lots of really interesting new takes on um, how to get through a turn-by strategy game. Uh, well, turn-by strategy, uh, you know, a strategy game. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, stuff like just that chainsaw mechanic where you can hop over, run across the battlefield, chainsaw someone, and get action points back that give you points to the other team mm. and that just unlocks a whole new layer of like team management you could have team uh, people on your team that just 
are absolutely out on their feet, got no action points, they're completely wide open, they're going to be killed next turn, no matter what. And then some hero unit of yours, you can just send flying over a barrier, chainsaw a grub, get those two action points you need to get the guys out of trouble. And yeah, it's just been brilliant. Like there's there's so many little like nuanced everything about that game is just so finely tuned and so well balanced. And going through all the um, all the tech trees and working out, you know, what what are the best tech trees to fit your playstyle is a game in itself you've got a loot system in there so you're constantly picking up loot and having to trick out your squad you've got a system in there where you're hiring and firing different people from your squads to kind of get better um better units to take out onto the battlefield there's even sections where you have like uh, like side missions where you've got to send out multiple squads so you do a mission then those three people are now out of out of commission and you can then you've now got to take in a whole new squad so you you have to develop your roster and you have to make sure that everyone is always ready to fight and always like sort of up to the task and um yeah and like i say it's just it's just a lovely 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 new kind of interesting take on that kind of strategy game and i i, I adore it and like i say and it also ties in law wise and this is this just sounds mad to me but Gears has a story, like it always has done. It's got law that runs through it, and this ties into it, and in really interesting ways. And yeah, they've just just thought about everything, and it's just such a great. That you can tell there's a lot. Of, there's obviously a lot of love at Splash Damage for like the Gears franchise, and they've just mm. absolutely mm-hmm. knocked this one out of the park. I just absolutely adore this game, and it was just an absolute yeah. honor to honour to play it on, on stream. The only thing that lets it down is it just goes on a bit long and it outstays its welcome and that's why it's sitting there at sitting there at number four. If it if it was a bit shorter, a bit kind of more some some of the fat had been um cut away from the um you know, because it feels like they've tried to extend the playtime. If that had been cut away and it was a sort of really tight ten to twelve hour experience, then yeah, this would be like way higher on the list for me. But yeah, great game. Yeah, it's it's like a does make some gameplay changes and advancements over the traditional XCOM system, mm. and then like strips away all of like the base building nonsense that some people love, but others yeah, don't. Just, so, just gets to the meat um, of what you want to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to playing that myself at some point. Yeah, it should be um, should be on your on your new on your new Xboxes. Should be mm. on Game Pass now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my Xbox One is currently dead, so <laughs> can't play it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, who's next? I don't know my bloody alphabet. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> it is me, isn't it? It yeah, doesn't help that the list is in a, in a completely different order. Sorry, <laughs> um, order the list. So. <laughs> My number four game that I played in 2020 is a game that I played two days ago, I think. Wow. The time of recording. That is true. Um, Fresh in the memory. What remains, yeah, um, what remains of Edith Finch? Um, So, what to say about this game? Um, 
This I is knew... one you really don't want to talk about because you, if people are listening and you don't want to spoil it for them, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's kind of difficult to talk about. Yeah. Mm. I can talk, yeah, I can talk general, gen, generalities about it. I knew a little bit about it in so much that it was a walking simulator. I'd had one of the gameplay sequences not spoilt because um, seeing it and experiencing it are two very different things. Um, but I, ha- I saw one of the gameplay sequences on one of, um, I think it was uh, Game Maker's Toolkits, yeah. like end of year roundup of gameplay mechanic stuff. Um, and I knew that it was very, very highly regarded. It won a lot of awards. Never got around to playing it. Popped up on PS Plus, downloaded it, and it sat there. I didn't get around to playing it. And I thought, you know, this is going to be a perfect one for a stream. It's apparently only two hours long, one and done. Great. Um, it's a walking simulator, kind of like Gone Home, kind of like Dear Esther, kind of like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, any of those games that you've played. It's got a lot in common um, with Gone Home, hasn't it? It does, yes. Specifically because you're going back to a childhood home. But where Gone Home uses just audio logs and text and things like that to tell a very emotional story, um, What Remains of Edith Finch does it through gameplay in a way that I've never seen a walking simulator do before. Um, So the basic premise, without spoiling anything, is... You're investigating a. You're going back to a family home, uh, of of the Finch family, which is supposedly cursed, and various members of the family died in mysterious ways. And the way that you find out how they died, or experience their final moments, is through kind of through their imagination, as interpreted from a piece of text or something that you read. Um, and so it's not straightforward what happened to them uh, and the manner in which it conveys it to you is very very different for each one some of them are quite short experiences some of them are quite lengthy experiences some of them play with gameplay mechanics and conventions in a way that I I haven't seen any game really do Um, and it left me with a lot of questions at the end um but i went away after i'd finished streaming it i just sat and thought about it and the more i thought about it the more things started to come together um Mm. um watched a very good uh, uh, youtube video which um, nick sent me a link to as well um uh that kind of goes into uh, goes into a little bit more um It's really difficult because I can't really say anything about it. It's it's a game that you're best off going in, knowing as little as possible, and just experiencing. It's it's very straightforward. There's no real exploration. There's a set path that you go on. There's no puzzles. There's gameplay mechanics, but none of it's a puzzle. It's just a, an interactive story. And um, I don't want to go on at length. Um, but it's i i know it's sometimes easy to say that certain types of video games are art which is um all video games are art 
whether they're good or bad. If they're bad, they're just bad art. Um, but anything that conveys like feelings or ideas in any way, in any sort of medium, is art. Um, but games like this can um, convey a feeling, like an emotion on, on you that uh, that sometimes f- even the best film or TV show can't do to the same level. Nothing has left me feeling kind of, well, profoundly sad. In a, not in a bad way, though. It's weird. It's, it's hard to explain, mm, but nothing's it's, left it's me feeling as profoundly... A- agency. What agency brings yes. to your 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 action, like you, what you do, and that, to the narrative, and and how you feel and yeah. interact with those things, and that can be far yeah. more impactful than just having it hit you from a screen. And yeah, uh, I mean, certain films have things like um, Synecdoche, New York, films like that have left me with the same sort of feeling, but but not much has made left me feeling as profoundly sad um, as uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. And I don't mean to say that to, to put anyone off. Um, it's something that I think everyone should play. It's you it's can. Experience. It was on PS Plus. Um, if if you didn't get it on PS Plus, it'll be dirt cheap elsewhere. Uh, but it was, yeah, it's something that I think everyone should should play. It's two hours long and it's a, a wonderful experience. And uh, yeah, um, I loved it. Yeah, and nice. um, that was my my number four game of twenty twenty. Nick, hello. What was your number four game of twenty twenty? My number four game of 2020 is uh, Roki, um, which is a point-and-click adventure game. Uh, It's available on Switch and PC. Uh, It's developed by an English studio. Uh, I think they're called Polygonal Treehouse. Uh, Mm -hmm. I believe they're made up of ex-Gorilla employees from Gorilla Cambridge. And essentially when that went under, they sort of formed a little indie studio and this is their first game from it. It's very heavily inspired by Scandinavian folklore. Uh, You meet lots of mythical monsters um, in, in sort of forests and it takes place in some kind of Scandinavian country where it's all um, snowy and icy and really in a weird way cozy especially sort of this year where no one can really travel too much it really sort of takes you away to a mythical forest in the middle of nowhere in winter uh the the basic premise of the story is you play as a uh young girl who's uh got a younger brother and one night you wake up in a monster sort of just steals your brother from your house and you embark on a journey uh, making friends along the way in the which are all sort of from when I, what I've my googling obviously my Scandinavian folklore isn't great um, but from what I've googled the all the f- monsters and creatures you meet along the way are deeply embedded in Scandinavian folklore and essentially, with their help, you have to try and rescue your brother from the clutches of this evil um, mythical creature, I suppose is the best way to do it. But there are cute animals and puzzles and mysteries to solve. It's really on the um, on the outside, it's a very cutesy 
sort of cel-shaded, really nice art-styled sort of, I guess you might want to say like a children's game almost in its presentation. Uh, mm. But on the inside, it, it is a really nice uh, point-and-click adventure game that sort of harks back to Grim Fandango and uh, Day of the Tentacle and stuff like that. Uh, it's The mechanics in it are pretty much the same in that you've got puzzles to solve and problems to... Uh, you've got to collect different bits and put them together and take them different places and do different things with them. Uh, it's just it was a really really lovely story that was told in a really nice way that we don't see a lot anymore. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. I've been following the game for a long time, which always helps. Uh, waiting for it to come out, and this year it did, and I was I was really happy it did. And I would encourage anyone to go go out and i'm sure it'll be in a sale this christmas it's a really it's not a long game i'd say it's it's probably at your, sort of your 12 15 hour type of game uh it's hmm. single player all the way but it's a really nice experience and it's a really nice once again it's a really nice story told in a really nice way um for a bit of yes. escapism i have uh, i've added it to my list okay home stretch of this episode then I'll wait for this one. Our number threes. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this particular one. Um, Adam, what is your number three game that you played in 2020? <laughs> oh, uh, Syndicate. So yes. not Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Star Breezes. Reimagining of the classic yeah, Bulldog stop, game. Yeah. Criminally uh, underrated. It's this so game damn is good. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I found, a lot of first-person shooters now tried to ramshackle too much crap into them and they're too long this isn't one of them it's like five six hours long and everything about it is so good like they it's captured stuff in it yeah like they managed to capture kind of some of the enough of the agents like powers that they had in the original syndicate which i used to love playing on the amiga but enough of like the mind jacking stuff and all that stuff without making it too complicated has really good shooting mechanics an incredible soundtrack, which I'm disappointed that yeah. it's not on Spotify in its entirety. But there's enough other cool, like Skrillex tracks and stuff that are on there, um, and just the world. Like it's it's pretty the narrow focus. Like incredible. you spend nine, yeah, you spend ninety percent of your time like indoors, but yeah. the world it builds around that. Like you said, the like, atmosphere, everything about it, so damn cool. Um, yeah. I can't believe this game didn't get more plaudits at the time i can't believe it didn't birth like i can't believe there's not a sequel or anything um like some so of the cool. mechanics in this should have been picked up and put into other games and just yeah. haven't and it's criminal and i don't understand like how like the like gun that shoots bullets around corners yeah i mean that's titanfall right but yeah it's stuff like the mind jacking stuff the yeah. and the way that that's handled off the the shoulder buttons so you can pop someone's head with a mind jack in which makes them explode which takes out a group of enemies which then leaves you free to shoot the enemies on the other side of the you know the atrium that you're standing on shooting people it's like you're taking out two massive groups but with two different halves of the controller it's just yeah it's just awesome i will say one criticism of it the final boss is an utter pain in the ass if you're playing on your own and uh Dougie, who frequents a lot of our streams, I think, commented on that. Um, 
because you're essentially before you fight the before you fight the big or confront the big bad there's like two uh hybrid like cyborg twins, twins yeah. that you yeah. have to fight and they kind of live off each other so if one still lives they can revive the other like automatically so you have to take them both down at the same time it and it's clearly because you can yeah you can play the game in a co-op um up to four players and it's clearly meant to be that you would each chip away and kind of kill them at the same time but what you have to do instead is get one literally down to the point where they have no health then chip away at the other one so you can finish the other one off because otherwise they just revive you don't have enough time to kill one of them and then take away all the health of the other and it's just and it's got like these you can control one of the other powers is like raising and lowering like parts of the levels like these these I think they're meant to be like data stacks or something that you can kind of use as cover, but then they can counter hack them and lower them. And it's just such a pain in the ass to find like cover whilst trying to take them down. But other than that, like there's that's one blip in what was a really just really good game. Played it all. I think I played it in two sittings. I just enjoyed it. And like it's so cheap. It goes on sale all the time. It maybe even's on EA Play or Game Pass now. Yeah. Um, probably in the vault, I would imagine. So yeah, go play it if you haven't played it. Um, yeah, really good game. Yeah, I haven't played it since it was out on um, 360, and um, so I wouldn't mind going back and playing it again because yeah, it's it's yeah, criminally underrated game. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's it's kind of sucks that it never got a um, never got a sequel. But um, there were a fair few like Starbreeze games like that. Did you ever, did you ever play the um, Return to Butcher Bay? Yeah. No, uh, that's the, one that's been on my back. Uh, got it. I picked that yeah. up a while back. I should really get to playing that. That's another one that was underrated and well worth playing as well. And, and another one that looked phenomenally good at the time. I, d- I, mm. I don't know how well they've aged, but uh, um, yeah. Syndicate's a damn good game. Damn good game. Uh, right. Um, Andy, this is an interesting one because I've. I've Literally never heard of this. Uh, what is your number three game that you played in 2020? Uh, yeah, Lords of Waterdeep. Now, this is based on the board game from Wizards of the Coast, set in the Dungeons and Dragons universe, um, where you play as one of the Lords of Waterdeep. Um, essentially, get gaining heroes. Clerics, um, fighters, um, mages, rogues, um, selecting quests and completing these quests using these um, people and getting points for it. Um, it's like some, what we call in board game form a worker placement game. So you put your little workers on these um, places and you get the rewards on it um comes with two expansions which i do i have added to it and it's a really good game i've been playing it multiplayer um especially with a bunch of friends who play board games it's been one of those games that we just um play and it's asynchronous so you can just you can set it like for 45 days how much time you've got or two hours seven days whatever time you think's um viable um, and we'll just play, play around, it goes to the next play, it lets you know it's your turn and, um, and it's been one of those games where we straight away rematch, rematch. So there's four of us constantly playing, takes up to six with the expansions. 
It is brilliant. It's just one of those things where you just have to think about what your next move is, the tips of schools, because the expansion adds something called schools, which provide negative points to you. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. And it's one of those games I just keep going back to all the time. So is this a faithful recreation mm. of the board game? Or is this a... Yeah. You know, how, how, how does this... Yeah, right, okay. So it's not like sort of... Yeah, it's... Turned it into some kind of other style. No, I mean, there's a number of those games. Um, but this is like a faithful recreation. It's what... Lots of Waterdeep would be considered probably a gateway game into work right. placement games. It's quite straightforward. Get your little man... Uh, and you place him on a place and if it's like a fighter, you get a fighter or you can get a wizard or a cleric, you gain those and then you, you can select options where you can get buy buildings which give you more um, rewards as such and more resources and you just build up your, up your resources to complete missions which gives you points. And that's the basic of the game, but it's just a lot of strategy, a lot of fun about it. Yeah, it's one of those I play it on the phone, so you can take it about with me. You know, you play it around. It takes two, three minutes. And it goes to the next one. You know, some of these games can take two, three weeks, and then you just start it again. So it's just been one of these games I've had on all the time. But it's brilliant. So yeah, it's just lo- loads of podding away in the background. Yeah, just that's it. Yeah. And that's why I've probably it's one of the ones I've played the most this year. Um, Lovely. That's why it's at number three. It's a bit of a different one. Chazzy, <clears throat> what is your number three game that you played in 2020? Number three game 2020 is Final Fantasy VII Remake. The cosy armchair that has been reupholstered of gaming. It is... Um, <laughs> It's lovely. I mean, <laughs> this, this game has taken uh, the whole first disc of Final Fantasy VII and stretched it out and filled in all the gaps and all the little bits where they kind of insinuated that stuff was happen um they are now just showing you that and giving it to you in the most beautifully presented higher production value way possible there's nothing about this game that isn't stunningly beautiful um the, the the thing that I took most from this is that there's obviously a lot of care and attention and love put into it, but the way that they have handled their characters in this makes you absolutely fall in love with them. Like that, every single character in this has they've just fleshed them out. So I mean, Final Fantasy anyway, they were quite well-rounded characters, but they've just taken it to this whole other place. Um, like the characterizations and the way they come across, I think, mean, like just incredible, and just made me, you know, you really feel for if they're in trouble, or you're really happy for them if something goes well, and yeah, if they're in danger, you're you're terrified, and like I say, just there's just so many heartwarming stories in it, um, of things that like this is a game I know this is this first disc I know inside out to a degree. And to see the way that they have taken that and just made it even more interesting and even more colourful was just 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 an absolute revelation. Like it's just a, an amazing piece of game design. And then to add on top of that, that they've now completely revised the kind of Final Fantasy was it fifteen um, combat system 
to what I believe is probably one of the most perfect action RPG systems that's ever been put into any game. Um, the way it's part third-person fighting game, like a DMC, but also part um, turn-based strategy. The way they've melded those two and it feels natural and it all ties back to what you played on your PlayStation 1 and all the little tricks that you can use on a PlayStation 1 work here, but also help you in the fighting sections. Like It's just brilliant. Just so well thought out, so well put together, so much love and care and attention put into it, and I, I absolutely adore it. Um, there, there's a reason it's not higher, I and mean, you will find out why later, but this, honestly, I can see why people are putting this on Game of the Year lists for bigger award ceremonies, because there's just nothing about this game that isn't triple, triple A. It's, it just mm. blew me away. Every moment I was playing it, absolutely loved this game. Yeah, Squaresoft's Final Fantasy unit has never, ever put out unpolished games, should we no. say. But it's not just the polish, it's the uh, just the, the writing, the, 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 the dialogue, the, the, the way that these guys come across, you know, the way that they've put a voice to Barra and it's just, it works so well. The, the way that they've captured Cloud's grumpiness and his aloofness, but also that sort of kind of soft side to him, the way that Tifa is kind of very um, uh, gung-ho, but also worried at the same time and careful and cautious. And that all comes across in facial expressions and the way they act and move and the situations they put them in, in these new scenarios and stuff. And yeah, it's just, just such a level of care and attention that you don't see a lot in games nowadays. No. No, definitely not. Um, really looking forward to uh, Final Fantasy 16 whenever that comes out. Yeah, sometime I, in the next I, this has made years. me so desperate to play that now. Especially, yeah. it's a Final Fantasy um, like theme, like that's kind mm-hmm. of medieval theme of Final Fantasy. I, I I love when they go back to that, and if they can marry that yeah. to this um, this combat system, it's going to be an absolute well beater that game. Let me tell you about a game called Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's only $7.99 a month. Um, and well, actually, no, it's free for the first like 60 levels now. Like, you've got no excuse. Uh, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> my number three of this year is also the same as Nick's number three, which is also the same as Chassis' number five. Yep. We've talked about games of this ilk a lot recently so we won't go into too we won't go on about it too long because <laughs> i think people are sick of hearing about it and uh um but yeah anyway um it's formula one 2020 who saw that coming yeah. um <laughs> yay f1 2020 is the latest uh greatest most polished most complete version of a uh, Formula One series that doesn't really change that much from year to year, from what I see. This year they introduced something new in the term in in uh, the mode where it lets you instead of just driving for the existing teams, you get to run your own team and be the eleventh team on the grid. Um, but I hadn't played a F one game fully for a long time, so most of this stuff was all new to me. Mm. 
the game for me and I think for you guys as well probably is is on the list mostly not because not just because it's a good game um but because it's been something that we've really enjoyed playing together and yeah. speaking for myself yeah. and I I think possibly is the same situation for you guys as well has just invigorated reinvigorated a love of motorsport games yeah. in general yeah so we started much. off playing F1 2020 um joining in like the league races with the codec uh, moments well, guys and then we started just, oh sorry sorry well we we kind of we started playing GT Sport yeah true that Got is the, the first then... thing i last december psn sale i bought GT Sport um got yeah. into it for a bit and then when sort of in the middle of lockdown we sort of said hang about let's we like we've all three of us have got gt sport we know the code at moments guys have got gt sport i've got a few mates who've got a gt sport let's get everyone that we know together and that have a the, uh, big race night that's yeah. it that was the gateway drug that then took us on to our took us on and to, then took us on to literally <laughs> as if like the heavens aligned and the yeah. next week f1 2020 was half price on psn yeah. yeah. So we all and, jumped uh, on Nick it. Nick bullied me into getting it. Why? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and then Mark convinced me that because I was playing motorsport manager at the time, that yeah. Well, there's a management sim in F1 2020, so you might as well just come over to that. So then I got really into that. <laughs> so Nick bullied me, and then I bullied you. Yeah, and then and I we're just a load of bullies, <laughs> but nowhere near as bad as Pretty Patel. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so then we, we'll we got involved in the sort of. Like it, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we, we all got involved in the the Codec Moments, um, uh, like league races, uh, and although we played like some GT Sport beforehand, it was just you know just sort of like, I mean, Jazzy, you'd been doing some like lunchtime streaming and trying yeah, to learn yeah. how to get around tracks, but I was just kind of like racing for fun. I hadn't really raced that game properly in a yeah, in a yeah. long time, and when I had raced it, I was like race my 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 skill level was like d um but off the back of getting into f1 2020 more seriously started playing a lot more gt sport started doing like the daily races at least once a week getting my like sportsmanship rating all the way up to s rank and getting my my driver rating up to like a high b low a sort of area um so far um and then off the back of that we all went and picked up Project Cars 2 and we've had a good few sessions on that and I'm hoping we're going to have a good few more. Um, so, yeah, F1 2020 is a fantastic game uh, in its own right. Uh, a very, very good Formula 1 sim racer. Um, yeah. the, the only officially licensed Formula 1 sim racer. Uh, and it's you know it's what it's the game that does the, like, the sort of games that the Cody does best. Yeah, um, I mean that the racing in it has been phenomenal. Like the the, the yeah. different scenarios that have been thrown up in the league races we've had, where we've you know we've gone into qualifying. Uh, no, sorry, gone into practice and it's bright sunshine, and then we've all been thrown the curveball of like full wet races in uh, full wet qualifying, and then full yeah. wet races mm -hmm. and like street circuits that you can't pass on. Um, mm. Obviously each one of our different styles of driving means like, you know, there's, you know, all kinds of shenanigans are going on, you know, <laughs> turn, turn by turn. And it's just been one of those like situations where 
I've learned so much about driving games through mm-hmm. those experiences, and I've had a whale of a time doing it at the same time, and that's yeah. why it was on my. I have to say, Chazzy, as well, your uh, your your GT Sports lunchtime sort of let's learn this track sessions were yeah. re- really fun. Sort of, I just hopped on and watched. Yeah. While I was uh, doing yes, work, and every now and then, just sort of like pepped in, like, oh, you need to use more of the track at turn four, or you, yeah, you've got your bra- your braking zone a bit wrong at this turn. But mm. I think that's the thing of it's not just the games that we've played this year it's been the experiences that we've had together and how especially in f1 um even in gt sport but mainly in f1 is where when we're in practice or uh or even in the race when Mm. one of us puts in a great lap it's first of all it's oh that's a nice lap well done and then it's like in your back of your mind, like, right, how am I going to shave off those two tenths to get that to <laughs> yeah, beat him? Yeah. I'm going to go and pit for some it's new stuff. It's the most softs. friendly competition in the world ever. It yeah. really is. Um, and, you know, people, you know, we, we can always joke about, oh, that was, that was you know, a, sort of a dirty overtake or, oh, you sent that sort of thing. But at the Even end of the day, I think... Even when people spun off in front of you, like, you, you're like, oh, my God, mm. like, how did that happen? You know? Yeah. What, we why, haven't really no. had any dirty racing, though. To be honest, like no, the races have been. Then we've clashed a lot in, in F one twenty twenty with the AI. Yeah, yeah, um, this, is but, this is one. But thing not with each was, other. That's why it was further down the list for me. Is just because of the way that um, the AI is quite aggressive at the back of the pack, and if you're stuck back I there for think whatever it's, reason, I, I don't think it's, it's so much the aggressiveness. It's the when the AI is on a lower difficulty, and which in the Codec Moments League that it was set quite low, it's at like 40 out of 120, yeah. which is still classed as easy. Not only are they easy, they're also really dumb. Yeah. When you turn the difficulty line level up, it's like the quality of the AI improves. It's weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's, they need yes. an, a difficulty setting, but also like a good driver setting for it. Yeah. yeah. Like Project Cars 2 has. AI level and also AI aggressiveness as two separate bars. Mm. Right, gotcha. We need something like that. But, yeah. yeah, but but yeah, we've just. I think I speak for all of us where we've had some great times just racing and mm. having fun mainly. And it feels um, amazing as well. That's yep. the other thing as well. Like it doesn't yeah, it does like you, the, the the feedback you'll get. I mean, the rattles that come out of our steering wheels on a on a, a nightly basis, where it's just like you can mm-hmm. feel every lump and bump, and you know, going into corners and knowing how much brake pressure to apply and it all just feels natural and tight and like we've never had any problems where you know you've connected a steering wheel and it just doesn't work or doesn't feel right everyone's connected with different kit and it all just seems to just work Mm. and um yeah and it's just yeah like i say it's just and add on top of that you've got the management system you've got just racing you've got classic like f1 cars like there's something yeah the arcade races everyone who loves Yeah, that's yeah. it. And like, there's there's so oh, much in there great. for people who love motorsport, and it's just a, such a well-rounded package this year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's a fantastic game. I've sunk quite a lot of time into the the my team mode, and also like the driver career mode, where you start off racing for a team and try and become world champion and move between teams and whatnot, and um, playing some of the online stuff as well. Quality of the uh, opposition I come up against in online is. Um, forza-esque shall we say in terms of <laughs> how cleanly they race but um yeah it's been great and i i really really uh enjoy our sunday night league races i um 
much thanks to to Matt over at Codic Moments for setting yeah. that up yeah, thanks, and um, and uh, and running that. Um, it's just yeah, it's just nice on a Sunday, uh, especially given this like current condensed Formula One season. More on more often than not, there's been a Formula One race in real life on the day that we race, and then I'm banging. Bang in the mood for some actual Formula One racing in um, F1 2020 and being able to jump on in the evening and and race with you guys has been great. And yeah, it's just reinvigorated my love of not just other motorsport games, but motorsport as a whole. It's got me back into Formula One in a big way. Um, and off the back of that, playing, you know, GT Sport and Project Cars 2 has got me uh, sort of reinvigorated my love for GT racing as well. And yeah, it's just been, it's been a gateway drug. Should yeah, we man. say this year for me falling in love with motorsport all over again? You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks for bullying me into getting that. Yeah, yeah. F1 2020. It's a damn good game. It's my number three. It's Nick's number three, and it's, uh, it's Chazzy's number, number five because he's a heartless bastard. No, it's just there's there's a lot better games. <laughs> the, the game, the games, the games ahead of it on my list Ooh, are like all timers. Throwing shade. Uh, all right. Well, that was our uh, five through three of our top ten games. Oh, sorry, top fives uh, of uh, 2020. Uh, we'll be back in the next episode with uh, worst games of the year, uh, uh, honourable mentions, and our top twos. Um, I can't say what people are going to be streaming at the moment because this episode is going to be coming out sometime over the Christmas period, and we recorded it at the beginning of December. So... Just keep an eye out on the Twitter, at uh, LapsGamer. Um, if you want to let us know what your favourite games are that you played uh, this year, uh, then drop us a message over there, or you can email us, LapsGamerRadio at gmail.com. Uh, keep an eye out um, on our Twitch, various Twitch streams and on the YouTubes, and we will see you in the next episode where we end this. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> Ta-ra! Ta-ra!